Yes, you know the music and you know the two of us, Jeremy and Jason, extra basses with Bristol and Booth. Man, you know, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed your fearless prediction for 2019 on Sports Extra the other night. You said George Springer, top three MVP finish. But I liked yours. I liked Osuna with, with 50, whatever, nine saves, 916, whatever he's going to do. I thought that was great. Um, bottom line, the Astros are going to have a good year. I, mean, I think they're going to have a good year. And I think, uh, you know, look, George Springer, man, he's um, he's hungry. You know, you said you saw him, mm-hmm. and he's big. I saw him. This is a, We're taping this on Monday. I saw him in the Astros clubhouse as the team returned. And, man, he was looking jacked. Yeah, well, you know what? George is on a mission. Because if you're George Springer right now with what's been happening in baseball, and particularly in Houston, how hungry are you? You're talking financially. You're seeing these guys get these big deals. Bregman, obviously, Goldschmidt, and Verlander, and the list goes on and on. And Harper, and Arenado. Oh, yeah, and, and Trout. And, I guess I forgot the three biggest yeah, ones. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I just if I'm, if I'm George Springer, and I'm an all-star candidate yearly, and I'm an MVP candidate with I use my ability yearly, right now... I don't, I, what else do I got to play for? Like I'm getting, I want to win championships and I want to take over the league and I want to be like, Hey, what about me, man? Cause I can play. And, and I think that's what's happening right now. My fearless prediction was going to be Springer does 30, 30, but I don't know if a guy of his stature is going to steal 30 bases in a season in this, this day and age. You know, I don't know that he has enough. But that would have been a fearless prediction. Well, it would have been would have, wouldn't have been wrong. I mean, when we, I, in high school, or in college, rather, I comped him to Eric Davis. We did that yeah. you know, early last year. My, my thought on George, though, is that where he hits in the lineup, mm-hmm. with who's behind him, he doesn't have a lot, lot of opportunities to run. You know, the guys behind him are swinging the bat. You know, so... 25-25? Um, yeah, I mean, look, he hit 30 home runs. It, it, to me, it's a stolen bases that you have to... It's the opportunity, right? It's all timing mm-hmm. and opportunity as opposed to what, whether or not he can do it. Um, but he he might he might thirty five home runs this year. I mean, he's gonna go off if he hits thirty five home runs. And you figure, and actually, that was my that was nearly my other fearless prediction was that the Astros would set a new team record for home runs in a season. I can't say you're wrong with that. Like, I to be honest with you, you know, I think they're gonna have to hit anyway and hit a lot because I'm not I'm not overly sold on. The starting pitching, what they have, and look, I mean, Justin Verlander's earned every bit of that extension. Um, Garrett Cole is obviously still there. Uh, you know, we're talking Brad Peacock finding his way back in the rotation, which is another story entirely for a guy that you know wasn't getting meaningful innings right a year ago. So I, we didn't, I didn't well, get that. Well, not meaningful innings as a starter. He got meaningful innings. He was a guy that, and I'll go back to the 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 series against the Red Sox. He's a guy that should have got the ball instead of Joe Smith. And now he's in your rotation, mm-hmm. right? So some of these decisions, what like the year before, you didn't know who he was when they won the World Series, you know. So I, you know, they, I don't know what they're all going to do, Jason. What I do know is is they're going to have to hit. I think they got plenty of ability to hit, you know. Um, Bradley's there, um, uh, you know. Chirinos is there, uh, you know. Obviously, the infield is, is Marwin's not here, but the infield's intact. So, you know, we'll see what they do. Matt Musil, our colleague here at KHOU, thought eight All-Stars for the Astros at the All-Star game. I think, I mean, that's fearless, don't get me wrong, but I fearless. think that's a bit much. I'm not there. I'm not with Matt. I, you know, I, got, I love Matt's optimism. <laughs> you know, I'm not all the way there. You know, but if, if we look at it this way, if we look at um, Osuna does what you think he can do, your prediction? The team in. record, the team record is 44 saves. 
I think he can get 45, 46. The only way he wouldn't is if this team blows everybody out, which they did a lot last year. Well, so like for, for him, though, like the same thing about Springer with opportunity to run. Sure. Okay. Osuna's going to have opportunity to close games here. Um, man, I mean, he might, who knows, that might, that might be light. Like you might be light on that. Okay. I'm not arguing that one at all. I just, I got a hard time seeing eight all-stars from any club. Brantley. But, he thinks Brantley. Yeah. Altuve. Yeah. Bregman. Yeah. Correa. Springer. Yeah. Verlander. Cole. Cole and Osuna. And Osuna. I, okay. Maybe. Maybe. But I, I, look, if, if Osuna's doing what you, with your prediction, he's in the All Star game. And let's face it, I mean, you know, up until the point, you know, he had his issues in Toronto, he was historic mm-hmm. for the first few years. So it's not like the ability's not in there. So no. we'll, we'll see. But e- either way, I think he's going to get a plenty of opportunity to pitch in the back end of the games just because of their starters. You know, they, they didn't really replace anything. They got Miley, you know, they got Wade Miley and they got, uh, you got Brad Peacock in there. And who's the five? Well, Peacock is technically your five. McHugh. McHugh's your four. Um, I forget what the actual rotation will be. Let me look here. But Those uh, are the five, though. Yeah, those are the five. All right. Well, so, yeah, we're going to get to, you know, one and two are innings eaters anyway, so that's a good thing. Um, you know, three has the ability to kind of go either way and, and four and five. So, you know, he's going to get a lot of opportunities, you know, three days a week, four days a week. Daniel Gotera, our other colleague, has Carlos Correa, American League MVP. Yeah, Daniel, possible. Loves, Daniel loves him. You know, Daniel loves him. I, I think Correa's, you know, in tune for a big year. We said mm-hmm. that a couple of weeks ago. Um, I don't, I just, I'm not sure where he's going to stand. He's also motivated. Yeah. And I think he's got a lot of reason to be because now he's got Altuve <laughs> and he's got Bregman paid in the same infield. And what about me if I'm Carlos Correa? Right. So, yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. Who's your pick for MVP? Let me ask you right now. For American League MVP? Yeah, who's your pick? So I got one, I got a guy in the top three on this club. We got Altuve on this club. You got Bregman, who you know thinks he's I mean is uh, everybody's good as those guys. And you've got um, you know Trout, who's the leader in the clubhouse every year. And Bregman, look, if I'm looking at Bregman, I'm thinking you know Biggio type energy. I'm saying that forever. Okay, what do you? Who's your pick? And we forgot Mookie Betts. Didn't talk about him. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go with the $430 million man. I would say Bregman. You say Bregman? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think if I had to pick out of those guys. Those guys. Uh, let me rephrase that. If I had to pick from Astros, right. I would put Bregman. Only because Bregman is in that run-producing role. Whereas Altuve, um, he's I mean, he's a run-producer, but he's also kind of a table-setter being in that two-hole as well. So They're going, they're going Altuve. I mean, uh, Springer, Altuve, Bregman. One, two, three. Yep. Um, four, Correa. Five, uh, Brantley. Is that right? Well, yes, I'm imagining. So here's the lo- roster or the lineup for tonight's game. They had Springer, Altuve, Bregman, Brantley, Guriel, White. But um, Correa, uh, Correa was not in, in the lineup here. Uh, and so. Guriel, for keep forgetting about him. He's a, what, a six-hitter on this club now? Yeah. Wow. Well, it's pretty good offense. Come deadline day. What move do you anticipate the Astros making? A starter. A starter? Like they did with Verlander. So, you know, look, Miley, Peacock, and McHugh, all big leaguers and all deserve to be there in, in somebody's rotation. To win a World Series, one of those guys has to go back to the bullpen. Even if Miley's an opener and Peacock is that same role he did in 17, right? Um, and I'm not discounting McHugh, but he's a reliever with better starters, right? So, so for me, those guys, they need one more. 
They need one more. Those three will fill two spots. Those three can't fill three. They need one more. And nothing against their – and, I, you know, I say that because it's so hard to play in the big leagues. Nothing against those guys that are here. They need another arm. Uh, the July 31st deadline might change that a little bit, but they need another arm. You? I think they may wind up needing another bat for that DH. Really? For that DH spot. Who's your pick? You got to forecast the league right now. I mean, we're starting out. So you forecast the league. Who's, who, who's the pick? How about somebody like Jose Abreu? So the White Sox would be interesting, so I can't disagree with that at all because they were in. And it can't be – like, I got thinking the other day, like, imagine Miguel Cabrera, but there's too much money left on that yeah, contract. Yeah, that. Yeah. But there's, you know, here's the, here's the thing about, uh, about Abreu and why that could work. Because the White Sox were in on everybody, certainly Harper and Machado, mm-hmm. and got neither one. Any of the other people they thought would be ready in 2020 for free agency, all resigned. The guys that they wanted, they're an interesting spot. And I say, Daniel Gotera, when you're listening to this, I know you're a diehard White Sox fan. Is it another? Is it more misery? Right? Cause, you know, because that's that's always fun for Daniel. Is more misery, or is it honestly? Is is it is it we're going to add people we don't think, or we're just going to go ahead and go all young? I, I don't know. They're in an interesting position. What they're going to do because they were setting themselves up to be good in 2021. And those guys are not going to be available now. What is your take on these extensions, these long contracts? Is this, we saw this, the Astros did this a few years money. Is this good for the game and will this continue? Is this going to be the thing now in baseball? You know, it's, it's, there's two of these things in, that concern me a little. Okay. The Jimenez contract concerns me. Eloy Jimenez um, from the White Sox. Because he hasn't played a, a day. In the big leagues. And I, I think you got to have a feeling of what this is like before you can get paid. Um, there's a guy with Tampa Bay who has short service time, but he's there, who I uh, can't remember his name right now. It was four years and $24 million, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that one, at least he has a – there's an indicator that he, could, that he could do some stuff in the big leagues. But um, those scare me. But <clears throat> these contracts, these extensions, represent to me far more than the money these guys are getting, represent two other changes. Number one – some of the teams that are paying are not, not your traditional big market teams. Um, Brandon Lowe. Brandon Lowe. Some of these teams are, are not your traditional big market teams. San Diego signing Machado is probably not something they would have done before. But look, look out. They have Will Myers is a big deal. And Hosmer is a big deal, too. So they're, they're, there's money out there. The Rockies signing Arenado. When was the last time they paid that much for a free agent? Their own guy. When was the last time they paid that much for somebody? Right? The Astros can no longer say, we don't have money. Because guess what? They do. They do. Everybody has Everybody's money. Everybody's got it. Everybody's so, got money. It depends on whether they want to spend they it. They want to spend it. And so people are starting to spend to keep their guys in-house um, because I think the standard has changed. That is good for baseball. It's good for baseball to have multiple markets where people are trying to win. We're still too far away from the you know punting versus the, the all-in mode. But um, it's good for baseball that people are paying their players to be there. Now... The other thing that's happening, this hasn't happened a whole lot since I was a kid, is you're going to see people spend their whole careers in one uniform, okay? And that hasn't happened much in the last two decades, okay? Um, Ripken is the most notable one. Biggio is, is one, for sure. Even Bagwell was a Red Sox yeah. first, you know? But, but these guys that are, that are, you know, Alex Rodriguez was the, was the uh, you know, poster child for splitting out somewhere. Derek Jeter his entire, his entire career in one uniform. Posada, his entire career in one uniform. Clemens, Pettit, nope, they bounced nope. around. So now you got six or seven of them, right? And you got to figure that Altuve and Bregman 
going as far as they're going either become trade bait if the Astros ever go into full punt mode the other way or they're here forever. They're not going anywhere, right? Because they're going to keep paying them. Um, that's good. That's good for baseball. I agree. I think that's great for baseball because when you look at certain players, you think that team and they belong with that team. It's weird to see a certain guy with another team and 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 that that is that is what what's great about baseball. My biggest concern though with all these mega deals, there is this middle class of players that are getting that are feeling the squeeze, they're feeling the pinch mm-hmm. that teams have these really high price players and these really low price players and there's not a lot of wiggle room in between and those guys I think are being squeezed out of the game or at least not getting their full worth and that and that and that troubles me because it is so hard so difficult and so grinding to make it this far and for them to perform and be above average and not reap the benefits of their experience and how they've performed, I don't think that is good for the game because you need those guys. They are what we call in basketball glue guys. Yeah, you got two guys like that right now who I think felt they were in that upper echelon of players don't have jobs, right? Craig Kimbrell, Mm -hmm. no job. Um, And Dallas Keuchel, no job. Um, Kimbrell's rated... Kimbrell's a higher rated guy than than Keuchel for you, right? Uh, I mean, Kimbrell is on, I don't want to say a historic pace, but when you put his numbers, he stacks up among the best closers in the game. Dallas Keuchel, one great year, and above average. Keuchel, for me, his grab is that he was a third starter in an extreme hitter's park. And did well for a long time. Why doesn't like a San Diego? I I would think a San Diego would be perfect for him. You know where he needs to go. He needs to sign in Anaheim, and in Los Angeles, Angels of Anaheim. And the reason why is because you just paid four hundred thirty million dollars to the best player on the planet. You know the thinking is he's never going anywhere else. He's an angel, and you have to now put people around him. Keiko's out there. Kimbrel's out there. Luxury tax or not. I'd go get my players, and I'd set that up to make a run next year, knowing I got Otani back, knowing that I got only one more year of the Pujols contract on the books. I believe it's over in 2021, right? But you know, there's always ways you can get around that if he's done. So I, I, I think Keiko ends up in Anaheim. Uh, San Diego would be a great place to pitch for him, but I, I think he ends up there. I've said that at the start of the offseason. Um, I don't know when that happens, but I think that's where he ends up. I'm surprised at this point he hasn't come back here. That I will say. You think the longer, the longer Dallas Keuchel is without a job, the better the chance is that he returns to Houston. Yeah, because of the draft pick, you know, associated with him, right? I mean, at this point, people are going to start the year; they're not going to want to give up draft picks. Um, I think Keuchel could end up in Houston. I think he should go to Anaheim, but he could end up in Houston. You know, another a one-year or two-year deal with, where you can't get a pick out of him or something like that. You know, and. Um, something kind of constructive where he's traded halfway through next year or something to keep the window open. I would do that because he's here. Now, it could be that bridges are burned. We don't know about. Doesn't appear to. I mean, Jim Crane had talked about Dallas during spring training and said that they had talked or were talking. So I, I, don't, sure. I don't think so. Then not pulling the trigger is on, is on Keiko. And that's something that 
or Keiko's representative. Yeah, sure. And 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 we you know we know he's got a re- he's got a reputation for trying to break every bank. Not every bank can be broken. And Keiko, you know, clearly fell into a class where he was he was preferred by clubs, just not at his numbers. And um, at some point, you got to make a decision and adjust the new normal. And the new normal right now is what you said. Those guys in that middle or that lower tier of tier one who falls to the middle aren't getting paid. Kimbrell, for me, back to your question, has not been the Craig Kimbrell that, that I saw for a long time. And so I think his ask was ridiculous. You know, if, if it's anything like what I saw, let's go, man. Get, get Come on back to planet Earth and, and we'll talk to you. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think that Kimbrell could have been had um, – you know, for numbers that were less than that, but not too far less, if he was being reasonable. Nobody's giving a – he wanted Chapman money. And and Chapman money doesn't look great. I mean, it's okay. It doesn't look great. And the, the team besides the Yankees that could give it to him that really would have done it was the, was the, was the Red Sox. <clears throat> that was his club. And they said, oh, we're good. We're not doing it. So if they're not doing it, why did the San Diego Padres do it where he was before? Let's go through the divisions. We – um Predicted on Sports Extra Sunday nights, KHOU 11. I said 101 wins for the Astros. You said 102. I said 102. 102. 102. So let's start with this AL West. It's nothing. Astros by a mile. Oh, it's it's, going to be a bloodbath. Is there one team that could surprise? No. No, (laughs) because the Mariners are are obviously, you know, they got. Now look. They got Encarnacion and they got Hanniger and they got some. They got enough to be competitive, but they're a bottom ten team in the league this year, and that's by design. That gets them in the protected pick range. Um, it gives them an opportunity to have some veterans help some kids grow up. Right, that's not bad. The Angels, we know what they are right now. Um, the A's, you know, I never. I said last year I'll never <laughs> bet against David Forrest and and and, uh, and Billy Bean, but and even Sandy Alderson's back over there now as a special assistant. I, I don't. Uh, <clears throat> I don't see it. I don't, certainly don't see Texas. So I'm going to say no. That starting rotation for the A's certainly does not scare me at this point. Fires Estrada. No, it's just, that's not that's not others. The, yeah, that's you can A's, Mariners, uh, Angels, and Rangers. I think the Astros destroy that division. AL Central reigning champs, the Cleveland Indians. Lindor is out for some time. Brantley is gone. Not as good. Not as good. White Sox are in trouble, right? Twins. Okay. They can be okay. You know, they, might, they might be the leader in the clubhouse in that division. Um, I don't see the Royals doing a ton. And who else? Who, who am I missing here? Detroit. It's, okay. So let's move on. So really, there's three or four teams in the American League, and, and then it's everybody else. And it's everybody else. I mean, and that's part of that parity we talked about. There's not enough, right? If you look at the East, you got what? In the East, you have Yankees and Red Sox and Tampa. Baltimore. Um, no. Okay. Did I miss anybody? Cue the dumpster fire. Yeah, Toronto. I have a soft spot for Toronto, but I grew up in Syracuse, New York. I understand. Farm team for the Toronto Blue Jays. Sky Chiefs? Uh, they were the Chiefs then. Mm-hmm. They changed to the Sky Chiefs. Now they're the Syracuse Mets. So they went Chiefs to Sky Chiefs? Mm-hmm. What was the point of that? Uh, there was some... The Native American nickname... Really? Yes. That, Good for them. Uh, that that was part of it. Uh, let me rephrase that. It, it was a big part of it. Good for them. So they did Chiefs to Sky Chiefs because Syracuse has a um, like a a plane, a military plane history. But then they went back to Chiefs. But now it's locomotive Chiefs, not Native American Chiefs. 
if I'm, I may need to edit this out, but I think that's where it is. <laughs> Either way. And now it's Syracuse Mets. Yeah, okay, because the Mets bought it. Yeah. Which, by the way, not to get off the topic where we are, but did you see Syndergaard go off the other day? So Syndergaard went off about DeGrom not getting an extension. Oh. I understand why. Part of it, in that rant, mm-hmm. which to me it was a rant. He's earned the right to speak his mind, but it was a rant. He started talking about uh, Brody Van Wagenen and, and, and why the Mets were playing you know, tune-up games in Syracuse before going to New York. And somebody commented, well, you know, minor league teams do this, or big league teams do this with their minor league affiliates. It was a way to get out of Vegas. And I'm thinking to myself, guys, they bought they bought Syracuse. They bought it because they, they don't, they don't want to go to they Vegas. Don't, they don't want to go to Vegas. They bought Syracuse. So, you know, they don't need to, um, to go there. I don't quite understand why they're going to Syracuse right now to play. Um, matter of fact, who are they playing? Aren't they playing Syracuse? They are. Who they're playing? So, you know, it's only for it's for the fans, and and and, and that's that. But you know, the, the the overriding story of the Syracuse is in the news. Degrom now is apparently moving along towards an extension. Well, let me tell you something, Syndergaard. This is how it was before. If you knew anything about Major League Baseball, this is what Major League teams had done for years. Yeah, I can remember going to old MacArthur Stadium in Syracuse and seeing the Toronto Blue Jays come in for a little series. The Pittsburgh Pirates would come to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. This is what teams did with their minor league affiliates. A couple Help games. build that fan base, throw them a bone. So you know what, man? Listen. <laughs> I mean, dude, know the game. Know the backstory of stuff. I know that teams don't do it now because a lot of these players are, and again, I don't fault players for getting their money, but a lot of these players, they live say, a different lifestyle, say, yeah, absolutely, right? They've absolutely. been enabled. Absolutely. But you know what? Like, come on, man. You were in the minor leagues. You saw what how these fans react to major league players. It's it's about throwing a bone and helping the game. Yeah, no, it does build. So you know what? It builds some. Come some, on, man. Well, the Astros, to me, I'd love to go, go, go up there uh, or watch them go play in Round Rock. I mm-hmm. know it's close, but still, it's Round Rock. Yeah. You know? um, and, and let me also add this. Those teams were going to dump stadiums back then. Yeah, they were. They were, they were dumps. These minor league facilities? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been in Syracuse like, in a few years, but that's sure that's went through some upgrades, right? It has. Every Listen, there is a standard throughout minor league baseball. Each level has to have a certain standard. Yeah to retain its membership, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Some teams were grandfathered in, taken a little bit longer. But the, these minor league ballparks now, they are they're incredible. Anyone who follows the game knows this. Yeah, no, they're pretty nice. Anyways, nice uh, so do we, want, do we like Yankees or Red Sox in the AL East? Um, I got to stay with the champions until they show me they're not the champions. I'm with the Red Sox. I'm gonna go Yankees right now. All right. I think uh, I, I'm a big James Paxton guy. If yeah, he can I stay healthy, they got Paxton. I think good. I think Tulo is gonna be on a mission. Yeah, yeah. And I really like first base. Seems to be a little bit of an issue for me at at, at New York. Tulo's gonna play short. Yeah. Until uh, you know, because Didi's hurt. So He's hurt uh, Tommy at this John, point, right? at this point, I, I I really like this Yankees team. I think the winner in the division has a chance to be the Tampa Bay Rays. Wow. Um, Blake Snell, which, by the way, was a steal of a contract. We're not even talking about Blake Snell's deal. Five years and $50 million, And the next day, sale got what? Six and 130 <clears throat> Tampa, hello. <clears throat> of course, Charlie Morton, right? So mm-hmm. 
I got Tampa. I think Tampa actually might come out of the division. You got Tampa. They might, if you're asking me, I'm, I'm not betting against Rays. Hold on. This is this is our fearless prediction for the American League pennant. You say the Tampa Rays. The Tampa Rays can play with anybody in baseball right now. They've only gotten better. So we'll see what happens. Is it is it logical to pick the Yankees or Red Sox? Yeah. I'm gonna, still going to go with the champions or the champions. I'm not. I'm saying do not count out the Tampa Rays are winning that division. Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay Rays. Justin Verlander, 33 mil. AAV. Mm-hmm. Would you have done this deal? Absolutely. I already paid him. I'm paying Cole. I'm, I, I said before, when the offseason started, we sat down. We talked about what they need, right? Um, pay them all is what you do. Pay, pay everybody. Why? Um, the window closes window sooner closes. than you expect. That's right, and, and and I think that paying these guys um, is not as is not only a reward, and not only good for the city, roar for the player, and good for the city to keep the window open two more years. Um, but I, I think it tells you what they really have in the system, starter wise. Because now, you know, let Keiko go. Whitley's going to have to help at some point this year. Okay. So if he's going to be what we, everybody thinks he's going to be, then he'll be here, and that's another pitch on the rotation. McCullers comes back next year. Um, I still think it's better off for him in the bullpen, but let's just assume he's back in the rotation. And you can sign Verlander. you got Verlander here, and you can sign Cole. Now you've got four and Peacock, you know, or somebody else, one of the somebody else out of there. Just, now your rotation's back to where it can be. Then you got to deal with George Springer. I, I think Verlander's a big piece to doing that, to securing all that. Um and I think that it tells you that after Whitley, there aren't really any starting pitching prospects in the system that are anywhere close. And you t- talk about Corbin Martin. We could talk about Bukowskis. We could say those are guys. They're both relievers. Okay. okay. Now, if Martin it doesn't mean they can't start, mm-hmm. it just means they're both relievers, right? If you're putting them in their best role. And I got to believe that organizations, especially with the shift I'm seeing and the way some of the GMs are talking now, have realized they've overdone it in this velocity and launch angle and power only phase and it's back to playing baseball which means you need guys that can pitch and you need guys that can eat innings and you need that's why these starters are getting paid the way they're getting paid is because they can do all those things that's why they're getting bigger contracts than the other guys because they can do all these things it's also by the way why Keiko isn't getting what he's looking for because he's got some injury issues and some things that have happened over time right where the, the innings eater parts in doubt a little bit so I don't think they have much in the system behind that but I think it's good for the city that they're doing it as a bridge Forrest Whitley, first time pitching him in Minute Maid Park Monday against the Pirates. 31 pitches in the first inning, faced eight hitters, gave up a long home run to Francisco Cervelli. Yep. Pirates lead, or were leading, 3 nothing, entering the bottom of the first. So, and he's going to go down tomorrow, probably, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah he'll go down tomorrow. So, um, for he, him, it's just about the experience of being on the mound at Minute Maid. And I Numbers don't matter. No, I get it. Numbers don't matter. National League, Jeremy. National League. Where do you want to start? You tell me. How about the West? Because you have a soft spot for a certain team in that division. Well, um, it's got to be between between yeah, Colorado and then L.A., well, right? Yeah, and I'm not, I mean, San Diego is still a year away for me. Um, that figures things out. But I'd say L.A. or the Rockies. I'm going to go with the Dodgers. Okay. I'm just going to go with the Dodgers across the board with that. Um in the Midwest, or in the Central, rather, I'm going to go with the Brewers, mm-hmm. um, which that's my soft spot. Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, yeah, because you, know, you used to twi- work for them. Twice a Brewer. Um, in the East, man, I, you know, Philadelphia and, and the Braves are going to slug it out. You know, the, the Phillies are missing. Whoa, whoa, no Nationals? 
They're in there. Scherzer, Strasburg, yeah, no, Rendon. I'm not, I'm not discounting them, but something about Washington has had a hard time getting over that hump, man. I don't, I don't know what that's about. Maybe it was Harper. I, I don't know, but um, the Phillies had a good, pretty good core. They've only upgraded everywhere, so I'm going with them first, and I think the Braves were a year early last year, so they're coming into their own right now, and I think this is a year they're going to be at the everybody's doorstep. Fearless prediction, NL East will be the most competitive division in baseball. Yeah, that's, I'm with you. Oh, that's, that one's going to be fun to watch. Up start, and down, I start, think it's going to be the most competitive. Start to finish. MVP in the National League? I'm going to say Nolan Arenado. Great call. Thank you. I'm not arguing that one Good bit. night, everybody. <laughs> I'm not arguing that one bit. I'm with you on that. I'm going to go Nolan Arenado. Cy Young in the American League. I should have done this last night. When I'm does like, Verlander come back to earth? So I, or I, when I, does Verlander, when does JV start to show his A-G-E? So I'm going to give you one that I should have said last night. Okay. Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole. He's got that type of stuff. Mm. He's still in that two spot behind Verlander. Um, he's a year older. It's yeah. a contract year for him. Garrett Cole. I like that. Let's, he, go, let's use that one. Garrett okay. Cole. Should have done that last night. National League Cy Young. DeGrom, Kershaw. I'm going to go DeGrom. I'm going to say somebody in New York. I think Syndergaard's poised to take a huge step forward as well. So I'd say, I'd say DeGrom. I think he's, you know, he's the guy. Um, you know, and Snell and, and Cole are the two in the National League for me. Blake Snell and Cole, or in the American League and Garrett Cole. And I'm going to say DeGrom and Syndergaard are going to have fun beating each other up to see who wins it. And that includes, you know, and Scherzer, I'm not discounting him. And, and Strasburg, not discounting him, but... Something about that, those people are gonna they feed off each other. That Mets rotations be pretty good. Goldschmidt in St. Louis. That's MVP for me. In the That'd be the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. In the National League. Yep. Scherzer? Nah, not not as I think I think I'm telling you, something's gonna click with Garrett Cole this year. Okay. Well, nationally, I was talking Scherzer. Oh, nationally. That's yeah. right, Scherzer. That's right. You know, all those guys are in the not Cole, but all those guys are in the same rotation, Detroit. At one point, I, I I scouted them. I had them all. I had them all. I had Porcello. I had Scherzer. I had um, uh, Verlander. There was Annabelle Sanchez that was there at that yeah. time, um, and David Price was there, <laughs> and that was that rotation. How about that? Is that good? It's a good. That's it's a, a good, good rotation. It's <laughs> a good rotation. And look where Detroit finds itself now. Yeah, yeah. It went the other way. You know, they never really got over the hump either. But um, is that funny how that stuff happens? You know, I got to give them credit though. They made a run for it. They never, they never stopped making a run for it, right? Um, and you know, Dombrowski um, finds himself in Boston, and he's got a few of those pieces over there with him now. Best player in Major League Baseball that no one talks about. Best pitcher that no one talks about. In Major League Baseball, in the entire league, mm-hmm. I got one. Who you got? And no one's talking about him. That's for sure. He won 18 games last year. Really? 18 games. Who do we say for MVP? Miles in- Michaelis. Who do we say for MVP in the National League again? I said Arenado. You know what? I'm, I'm going to revise mine. You're in Goldschmidt? I'm going to go Yelich. Yelich. I'm going to go Yelich. Uh, best pitcher in baseball that nobody talks about. Kind of hard to beat an 18-game winner that most people haven't heard of. 
That's what I'm it's saying. Kind of t- I'm, I'm going to defer. How about Aaron Nola as a possible Cy Young candidate? They, they know who he is more than who that guy is. No, no, I'm just saying oh, in general. Yeah, yeah, in Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. He got an extension, too. He was 4-45. and 45. Another extension. Extensions for everybody. So we like Bregman's extension. Yeah. We like Verlander's extension. Yeah. We like all the extensions, yeah, there's, right? There, there's two Except ex- for Eloy Jimenez. So there's, there's two extensions in there that we've talked about, but we haven't really you know uh, dove into them at all. Okay. And that's Blake Snell, five mm-hmm. and fifty, right? And Aaron Nola, four and forty-five. Sale six and one thirty. Blake Snell, five and fifty. <laughs> which one you want? Yeah, I know which one I want. Okay. Uh, Nola, four and forty-five. Nothing against Mr. Verlander, but Verlander, two and 33 each. Wow. Yeah. We're not, we're not even talking about it. So, um, good for <laughs> – those are steals for both those clubs, and um, both those clubs are dangerous. What's happening with Program 15 right now? I saw the um, Future Star Series International Week was announced. How much more time we got? Let's do it. Okay, Program 15 – Fenway Park, everybody. The New Balance Baseball Future Star Series is going to um, what I will unabashedly say is the is the most iconic ballpark in the game. And we we were there last year together, mm-hmm. which, is, which is a highlight experience for me, by the way, calling those games with you. Yeah, it was pretty something. cool. But um, we're going there. We're, we're taking some of the best players in the in, on the planet um, to. To Fenway Park. Some of the invites have already gone out. Yeah. I've seen some on Twitter. We've got 13 on each club and, and some of the highlighted guys, Nate Wolgamuth, Michael Brooks, Mick Abel. Give me comps so we can, okay. so people here. All right. Um, you just shout out names like that. We don't know. So give us comps. I'll give you Mick Abel. Mick Abel is a guy from, from Oregon. Mm-hmm. Three time. Picked him out as a freshman. We're like, you're obvious. Let's go. Um, Oregon State commit? Oregon State commit. Surprise, uh, surprise. He will get the ball in Fenway. He's earned that. His his my comp for him is a guy named Chris Benson, pitched Billy's for a while. Yeah, uh, mix mix really a, a tough kid. I think though. his wife used to make some headlines, Anna? if I'm not mistaken. Never heard of her. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Um, Michael Brooks, Chris Ryan's, Benson, one one. Right. Yeah. Fable. If Mick ever gets that, to that's college, a, <laughs> that's that's a pretty good comp. Anyways, if, if I'm Mick, sorry. That's right. If Mick ever gets to college, it, it's one one stuff. I mean, he has, he's that type of guy. I don't think he's going to get to college. I think he goes in the first ten picks, but that's neither here nor okay. there. So next, uh, Michael Brooks out of Florida, uh, Arkansas commit, middle infielder. He's now running a six six in the sixty yard dash. He's got plus power. He can, he can really hit. Five um, eleven type guy. Build reminds me a lot of a guy I played against in college who had a really good big league career, and that's Michael Young. Mm. Okay. And in last year's event, as a sophomore rising junior, he had the second hard hit, ball, hard hit, hit ball of the week. It's pretty good. So he's, he's coming back. On the world side, uh, we picked up a, a kid, a Colombian kid, just the other day. Uh, last name is Lopez. First name I can't pronounce yet. Okay. Um, but, you know, he's, he ran a 6'3", 860. He's a 70 runner. Underway, he can really play short, kind of like Rafael Belliard. Rafael Belliard. Yeah. And, and he's from Colombia. <clears throat> He'll be in this event. Roque Salinas comes back out of Mexico, kind of like a Ricky Lede type outfielder. Um, he'll come back. Uh, and, and, you know, we've got uh, a couple Canadians just added a guy named David Calabrese who can really run and throw and hit, center fielder. Uh, left-handed version of a, a – well, actually, the guy was left-handed too, Jason Tyner. Mm-hmm. Remember him? Yep, Texas so, A&M. Right, so he's there. Speedy. Um, speed guy. And, uh, you know, we've got, we've got some more – some some fireballers, from, uh, Joseph Gonzalez from Puerto Rico. 
Uh, was on the club last year as a junior. He's up to 95 with a little bit of a cutter slider. Um, six foot three, loose arm, long, and, and, and fun to watch. So it's going to be a pretty good event in, in, in Boston. Now, some people may say, Rafael Belliard, what kind of comp is that? But here's what people in the game will tell you. Anytime somebody can play 17 years in the majors, I remember I was talking with a minor league manager once, and we were talking about a certain former prospect. And I said, you know, kind of he was kind of a disappointment. And that manager shot me back, shot right back and said, that guy spent 11 years in the big leagues. You know how hard that is? Right. And yes, was he the superstar that everyone stamped on him? Sure. On the minors? No, he was. The major leagues is a success story. I would agree with that. And, and Belliard was a very good player for a long time. And it's funny because, you know, in the day and age today, uh, people don't watch as much TV baseball, I think, out of market. Mm -hmm. um, and so they lose who that guy could be. We, I grew up watching the Braves, mm -hmm. even though I live in L.A. Yeah. I grew up watching the Mets because even though I lived in L.A., right? So, um, you know, WWR and, and, and w, Cubs and WGN and yeah. TBS. I mean, that's what, that's what it was. So, um, you know, I saw a lot of Belliard, right? And it wasn't even my comparison. The guy that signed Edwin Diaz, Noel Sevilla, mm -hmm. who's our Latin American coordinator, it was his comparison. We were down there in Florida together. So, um, yeah, it's, it, look, it's going to be a fun event. It's 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 we've got an Australian kid on the team. We've got Canadians, Puerto Ricans, Mexicans, uh, you know, international free agents from from now nine countries, and it's going to be pretty. It's going to be fun. It's fascinating though to look at Rafael Belliard's stats and and the type of player he was, and the the way the game is now. Mm -hmm. Here's a guy that for a season would have no more than eight or nine extra base hits for an entire season. Yeah. Yeah, those guys. They're those guys. They are not in the game today. Not right now. But this this guy. I mean, in 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 '86 at 24, he had seven extra base hits. '87, seven extra base hits. In '88, he had four extra base hits, that's, and they're all triples. That's not a lot. In '89, he had four extra base hits in 165 plate appearances, and they were all doubles. In 91, at the age of 29, he played in 149 games. He had 11 extra base hits, nine doubles, two triples. So that just shows you it's crazy. I mean, guys like that, this guy probably in this day and age may be released in A-ball. Yeah, this day and age, right? Yeah. He yeah. wouldn't make it out of A-ball? Yeah, and he played 17 years in the big leagues, picking the ball up, throwing it across, filling a job, playing every day in some spots. He played for what? Atlanta? Mm -hmm. He played oh, for. Here's a good thing. Let's see if you can guess all the teams he played for. I mean, Atlanta was where I watched him the yeah. most. Did he play in Pittsburgh? He did. And that's uh, it. That's it. That's there it. you go. <laughs> I tried to throw you there, yeah, see there, if you were going to say, you know, oh, I, this guy played. This guy, he played with. Uh, similar, similar players, most similar players by ages. According to Baseball Reference, Hector Torres, I remember him. He's mm -hmm. a long time, I think he's with the Rays now, actually. He played a little bit for the Astros and the Angels, I think. I know he played for the Astros. Fred Stanley. Remember him? Remember him? From yeah. um, Oakland. From Oakland. Dale Maxville. Yeah. Who later became a front office wizard. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I remember Stanley, the best of the three so far. Who else you got? Yeah, that's about it. Okay. Skeeter Webb. He, he, Skeeter Webb. Skeeter Webb stopped playing in, in 48. <laughs> I don't know who he is. Uh, Enzo Hernandez with yeah, the Padres. I'm, I'm, Bob Lillis. 
Remember, I know that name. Woody, uh, former major league manager. Woody Woodward, former uh, major league uh, executive. Daryl Chaney, Reds. Here's a guy, Steve Jeltz. No idea. Steve Jeltz? No, what I got. I'm lost. You have no idea who Steve Jeltz is. Who's Steve Jeltz? Are you kidding me? No. Who is it? He was a hotshot prospect for the Phillies as a shortstop coming up, and this was mid-80s. See? Uh, Mid to early 80s. So so, Steve Jeltz had a career average of 210. Um, If I remember correctly, he he made a lot of errors, though, for uh, for being a guy who had a lot of skill. He didn't hit much, and... But hey, he made it. Yeah. Little known fact about Steve Jeltz. What's that? Born in Paris, France. Military guy. I'm guessing. Military Brad. I'm guessing. How do you know that? Well, I'm looking it up. Okay. I was going to say. I mean, you're you're a you're a trove of information. Then it's 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 really good. Anytime we bring up uh, Rafael Belliard, Enzo Hernandez, and Steve Jeltz, I think it's about time to sign off. We're good. All right. Uh, next podcast potentially next week. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and we'll uh, see you Sunday on Sports Extra. Sunday on Sports Extra, and then we have opening day the next week, right? Yeah. And you're going to be in Tampa. I'll be in Tampa, going to Tampa on Wednesday for the whole series. No, just opening day, Thursday and Friday. All right, all right, sounds good. There we go. Glad we got that covered. For Jeremy, I'm Jason. Thanks for listening to Extra Bases and the Extra Bases Podcast. <laughs>